Thank you for joining us today. This is Clint Byers, lead pastor of Forward Church. I pray this message blesses and encourages you. I hope it inspires transformative grace in your heart and establishes you even deeper in your new covenant identity in Christ. Now take a deep breath, become aware of God's spirit within you, and enjoy the message. If you're new to this place, what we stand for is to help you undo the destructive and toxic mindsets that you have about God and that you have about religion and that you have about yourself. Because really, that's what God is interested in, is putting His light within you, showing you how much He radically loves you so that you will experience transformation as a response to His love. Amen? Christianity and church and religion gets it backwards. Toxic religion says you have to prove to God your worth and your value. And He changes His attitude toward you based on your behavior. And that's as toxic as it gets. God does not change how He feels about you based on your behavior. You change how you think God feels about you based on your behavior. But God is not interested in drawing away from you. In fact, what I'm going to show you today is He's trying to draw close to you. If you've said yes to Him, He's in you. But in your mind and in your heart, you may allow yourself to be separated from Him. But I'm going to show you how to walk out of that. And I'm going to show you a passage here today that's going to kind of give you a little bit of a religious test, kind of a litmus test for how religious, maybe some religious mindset that still might be lingering around in there. But today I want to talk about the idea that you can trust God with your heart. You know, the picture that I feel like God showed me for this message to celebrate, to remember, because God's a heart God. What He's interested in is deep within you, doing a work where He removes all the junk. He did it once and for all spiritually when you said yes to Him, but all the rest of that stuff that's in your soul, in your mind, in your perspectives of how you treat people, how you respond to the world around you, all of that stuff, that salvation that He's given you in your spirit, He's seeking to work that into everything else. But depending on how much religious toxicity you've got built up, you might have to weed through and deconstruct some of that stuff to get to a place where you realize, man, I actually can trust God. In fact, I can trust Him in the deepest part of who I am. And no matter what I'm willing to admit about myself, He already knows. He already sees it. And so today is an invitation to make yourself vulnerable to Him, to be transparent before Him, to be willing to admit the stuff that's in there that you won't let yourself think about yourself and that you feel ashamed that other people might know, so you hide it. Just like Adam and Eve in the garden, you know, when God came calling after they decided they wanted to judge good and evil for themselves, they hid. That's what I want today to be for you, is an opportunity to stop hiding from God. And it's easier than you think, and it's in a process that's, that's more loving and kind and merciful than you think, but that's where we're gonna go. You in? Amen. All right, this, here's your chance to leave if you want, but here we go. <clears throat> so we're going to start with this passage. Most of you know this, John 3.16. Most of you can quote it. John 3.16, you probably can all quote it, but here we go. For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son. You know, I mean, you could just stop there, couldn't you? You can just stop and meditate on that. This is why God is interested in being involved in your life, because He loves you. There is no deeper mystery. There is no greater revelation. There is no higher power to operate in but His love for you and to respond to that. Christianity is so simple, we get weird and make it goofy because we get bored with it. 
But I'm telling you, man, the love of God is so powerful within you when you actually encounter it. So, for the and now we're, there's a there's about six verses in this section right here, and I'm going to see. I'll give you a test to see: Do you have a religious filter or do you have a relationship filter? Verse 17. So second half: That whosoever believes in Him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Are you thankful for eternal life? Verse 17, for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. You know, a lot of people don't realize that verse 17 is in there. And a lot of those people are standing in pulpits, making you feel guilty for your lifestyle. I'm not condoning sin, not saying that you should use grace and use it for permissiveness. But what I'm saying is God is not relating to you based on that. He wants to work within you and deliver you from whatever it is that's keeping you in your heart and in your mind separated from Him. Even self-reliance, all the junk that religion has taught us. Next verse here. Whoever believes in Him is not condemned. Say, not condemned. condemned. I mean, how powerful is that? But whoever does not believe stands condemned already because they have not believed in the name of God's one and only Son. Why are they condemned? Are you sure? Do you really believe that? Okay. Are you condemned? Why? Okay. Now, what I'm going to show you is you might still think that you are condemned because you feel condemned and you think God is condemning you. Here we go. Let's keep going. So, they stand condemned already because they have not believed in the name of God's one and only Son, and the name meaning the authority of who the Christ is. That's what name means. This is the verdict, all right? So this is the context of the guilty condemnation. This is it. The light has come into the world, but people loved the darkness instead of the light because their deeds were evil. Everyone who does evil hates the light and will not come into the light for fear that their deeds will be exposed. But whoever lives by the truth comes into the light so it may be seen plainly for what they have done has been done in the sight of God. Now, depending on the religious construct that you may have been raised in, this sounds like a threat, right? This sounds like God's going to judge you because of your evil deeds. Are you with me? Now, when you're a believer, you still will feel that guilt and condemnation because of evil deeds. It's not inappropriate, per se, to feel bad when you miss it. But the issue is to realize this is not from God. God is not condemning me. And He's not even condemning the unbelieving world because of their evil deeds. The reason they're condemned is more like this. God has come and shown the light. And people have stayed away from Him for fear that what's in them will be exposed. Not because God shows up and says... You're evil. You have to separate yourself from me and I have to stand over here and you can't come to me. It's actually the opposite. God comes in as light and the, those that stand condemned because of their unbelief stay away from him because they're afraid to admit what's in them. They're afraid of what's inside of them that if they come to God, it will be exposed and will feel and recognize that they are condemned. But if you let that light in, you instantly recognize there is no condemnation. There is only love for me. Amen? Religion, toxic religion, gets it backwards. 
God has actually come into this earth as light to shine in your heart and expose the darkness for the purpose of cleaning it out, getting rid of it, pulling out that toxicity so that it will quit killing you. Not so he can show up and say, look how bright I am and look how dark you are, you worthless thing. Get away from me. That's not the point. You cannot cohabitate with light if you're allowing darkness to live within you. And the darkness is not based on the evil deeds. The darkness is based on the unbelief. The evil deeds are the result of the unbelief. So what he wants to deal with is your heart. He wants to deal with what you believe. Even as a believer, he wants to deal with what you believe about him and yourself. And so the picture that I see is you trusting God with your heart. It's you being vulnerable before him, vulnerable before him, being transparent, being willing to admit that stuff that he already knows. Now, I'm not talking about judging yourself, evaluating yourself and all your sinful actions, but those areas of your life that are still in darkness, they're only in darkness because you have not yet let the light into those areas. And as soon as you do, it might be painful. It could very easily be painful for you to admit these things to God and lay your heart out there. But religion would tell you that he's waiting to judge you and condemn you and bring something bad into your life because of that thing when he's really saying, give it to me, open up. I already know, admit it. Be truthful, be honest with yourself. Be willing to let his light and his character and his integrity do those deep works. See, that's the difference between religion and relationship. It's one thing to know doctrine. It's one thing to know the Bible. It's one thing to know that you're saved by grace through faith, not your works. Praise God for that. I praise God that you know that. However, are you deconstructing enough to where you get to the point where you're actually living under His influence and under His power? You know, that, that's what makes a place like this different is because we're not just talking about information, you know, and it's not that we've, we're the best and we got it all figured out. I'm just saying it's different. There are some places that what their focus is, is Scripture. Let's read Scripture. Let's make sure that we have it in proper order, proper context with all the systematic stuff applied to it, that we understand the information. And, and, and let alone, forget about all that internal stuff. Forget about the transformation. Just try not to sin. Good luck with that. When Jesus offers something different. Let's keep going here. This is how Jesus talks to those who deal with externals rather than internals, who deal with making you feel like God is condemning you based on your behavior. That does not excuse sinful behavior, but it's the wrong approach. And this is how Jesus thinks about it. He says, woe to you teachers of the law and Pharisees. The Pharisees were the ones that were coming in and saying it's fine that these non-Jews get saved, but they need to keep the law or they might need to be circumcised. They need to keep the feasts. Something, some other kind of stipulation other than belief. You hypocrites. Religion does it this way. You clean the outside of the cup and dish, but inside full of greed and self-indulgence, blind Pharisee, first clean the inside of the cup and dish and then the outside will be clean. That is God's approach towards you. You say yes to him, he lets that light in. You let that light in. Now, again, the picture that I see, I don't care what justification 
you think you might have for your behavior. My boss is horrible. I have this kind of pain in my life, so I have to take these pills. I have, my husband is this way, so that justifies that I press the line here. Whatever it is, there's so many little justifications and all this garbage that we let get built up inside of us. Am I the only one? Are you with me? Yes. Time to be honest with yourself because God already knows. Not for the purpose of condemnation, not for the purpose of guilt, but it might be time to let go of why you think you're right and let him do that deep work. Right, meaning justification of those things that perpetuate, not just sinful actions. I'll let the Holy Spirit work on that with you. He's a better teacher than I am anyway. I can see him working. Amen. Let's keep going here. His light makes you pure from the inside out. Next one here. Jesus offers a way out of the darkness and into the light, but it takes cracking that chest open and being truthful first and foremost with yourself and trusting that his spirit will lead and guide. Do you trust that? Let's keep going. God is not threatening you with his light. Are you with me? See, because we read those passages and we're like, the light has come, but people don't want to come to him because they're afraid that what's in them might be exposed. And then he says, I come to you with the light and we take that as a threat. God is not threatening you with condemnation. You stand condemned if there's unbelief. Those of us that have received him don't stand condemned. The light is not a threat. You know, we need to break the mindset of thinking that God is keeping track of your bad deeds, keeping track of what's going wrong in your life, and he's threatening with exposing you. So here's a little bit of a heart exercise, a little bit of a gut check. Try this just for a minute. I'm going to say something to you, and you notice how you feel about it. God is going to expose everything in you. Now, what's your reaction? If you didn't have a reaction, that's fine. I realize that. We're all sitting in rows and you're staring at some dude standing up here talking. You might go do this on your own where you get honest with yourself and you say, okay, God is going to expose everything within me, everything to the deepest part of who and what I am. God is going to expose that. Now, if your response is like Adam, run and hide, that's one thing. It's time to deconstruct that religious mindset and realize you can trust him. But if your response is actually, this light is good for me. This, this transparency and this exposure is good for me. And then if you get brave enough, go talk to someone else about whatever it is that you're allowing to fester within there. Now, all right, let's go back to that other verse and keep going because this is the invitation that he gives to us. This is Matthew eleven twenty eight 28 through 30, and this is in the uh, message paraphrase, really. But what the translator has done here is put the emotion so that it's practical back into what he's saying here. This is Jesus speaking to you. Are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? And I would add sick of church. You ever been sick of church? We got one hand came up over there. You're in church. But you ever been, I've been sick of church. I mean, I'm telling you, I've been sick of it before. It's like, come on, man, let's, let's, 
Are we doing the same things over and over and over again? You know, can I be honest with you for a minute? It's like, are we still struggling with those things? Really, Not as a guilt and condemnation. I'm talking about myself too. But there's got to come a point where it's like, come on, man, this stuff works. This grace thing that we have, this influence that's in our life should be bearing fruit. Now, religion would come at you and say, maybe you're not saved. Or it might say, just come down to the altar, repent again, get baptized again, convince God how sorry you are again. And that's just the context of your life is you're just going to have to apologize to God for the rest of your life until you're dead. I don't buy it. I don't buy it for a second because there can be real fruit produced in your life, real joy that rises up where that thing that trips you up, that thing that you're not admitting to yourself is gone. You already know. See, letting the light in means that you got to deal with those things that you're not dealing with as you're trying to fall asleep and as you're waking up. Plant that seed because we're going to get to that in just a minute. This is Jesus. He says, come to me. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. Now, this will be your homework assignment is to take this passage here, these verses, and just meditate on them. Think about what it looks like to work with him, to come away with him, to learn these things. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Who wants a real rest? When I say real rest, I mean no more anxiety, no more fear, no more worry, no more feeling like I got this under control, you know, where you're just at rest, you're at peace no matter what, a real rest. Take a deep breath. You know, you just, just... not just physical relaxation, but a peace that's within you that transcends everything. Amen. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Now, again, you've got a religious, toxic religious or a relationship mindset to filter these kinds of things through. When you hear walk with me, some people hear be good, be better, do good, rather than I'm with you, and I will lead you and guide you. We will do life together. You can trust me. I'm your friend. I want good things for you. Oh, by the way, watch out. You've got this still going on in your life. Time to clean that up. Deal with that. Go talk to this person. Admit it. Clean that stuff up. I've already forgiven you. Now you can deal with You know, it's a, it's a flow. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. That's such a great exercise to go through the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and just watch how Jesus treats people. You know, rather than trying to understand the doctrine, there's a time and place for that. Do that too, but do this exercise. Go into Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John, maybe even John, and just watch how Jesus treats people. Just notice the one thing that Jesus is doing and how he relates to people. People trapped in sin, the common man versus the religious people. It's interesting the difference. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. You know, in this place, we focus a lot on grace. Grace is not just mercy. Mercy's mercy. Grace is a divine influence in your heart that strengthens you, that brings capacity that you don't have on your own. Grace is like God's breath through you that empowers you. That is not your own strength, but you can live from it. That's what grace really is, and it transforms. Now, this part here is powerful. In other translations, it says, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. 
But this is what he's saying here. I, want, I will not lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Now, a yoke, you think of two ox. They're side by side. They've got the yoke on. And if they get in, if they get in sync, they pull together and they're powerful. But if they get out of sync, they're struggling. And if the yoke doesn't fit, then they're both struggling. The yoke for us is, if you go back to the Hebraic mindset, the yoke is a set of teaching. It's a binding and loosing of Scripture. It's how that, how that rabbi taught the interpretation of the laws to follow God. And what Jesus is talking about, which ultimately his yoke is love God, love people. That's ultimately his yoke. Everything else hinges upon those two things. So what he's saying here is, in life in general, and the expectations that he has for you is easy and light. Walking with Jesus should be easy and light. And the religious devils run for the door. I'm telling you, you say that in certain buildings, in certain circles, in certain places. No! He doesn't promise you tomorrow. He's going to lay heaviness. He's got to, you know, it's, it's a bunch of garbage. I don't even know the things to say. Blah, 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 blah. You figure it out. As far as the stuff that gets attributed to him. Walking with him, his yoke is easy. His expectations are easy and light. He expects you to trust him and let his spirit do a deep work within you. It feels hard because we're used to living with this brain here rather than following God from our hearts. I, want, I will not lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and learn to live freely and lightly. Amen? Let's go ahead and go through the next couple here. What do you need rest from? Because that's what he's offering. Now, you can answer that question this way. This is an exercise that I'm going to give you. And I mentioned it before. But there's times in your day, now I don't mean get up an extra hour early and try to read the Bible and then fall asleep and get distracted and then you feel guilty and condemned. You know, if you can get up that extra hour early and get that time in and read, you do it. Praise God. I'm not necessarily talking about more obligation. What I'm talking about is those times in your day where you create distraction because you can't bear to deal with the things that rise up from your heart. You know what I'm talking about? So like when you wake up in the morning and you have that time, your thoughts, your first thoughts, what do they go to? Those first senses that you have, those first feelings that start to abide as you wake up. You know, before the brain jumps into the analytical mode and before you jump up and get busy and do whatever you've got on your agenda for the day or at night. A lot of times we put stuff in there to distract ourselves from communing with our heart and communing with the Spirit of God in moments like that. You know what I'm talking about. When you're falling asleep and you have that sense of, oh, I forgot to do this or I don't want to deal with that. Tomorrow I've got this and, and, and the, what does it do? It's not just me. Maybe you leave the TV on. Maybe you put your favorite podcast on. Maybe it's even music. That's less distracting. 
but what is it that you put in those places? See, the brain works this way. When you start to fall asleep, your brain begins to cycle down and actually work slower, and you become more attuned to spirit and really what's in your heart and your deeper subconscious thoughts. And a lot of times in those moments, we don't want to deal with it. We don't want to admit the truth about how we feel about ourselves and our lives in moments like that. But this is what I'm talking about, the light. In those moments, let the light in. Let it in and do its work. Let it in and admit the truth of where you are in your life. Now, some of you are connecting with this. Some of you are sitting here going, you know, you're freaking out right now because you're trying to think, what well, I can't do that. I have to take pills so that I skip that. I have to take pills to go to sleep. Now, I'm not condemning you for that kind of stuff. I'm just saying, don't let yourself skip the process of when your heart is better connected with God in those moments. What does it look like for you to deal with those things? So that's your homework, meditating on that verse. But then also, over the next several days, practice this. It might work better for you in the morning, but it might work better for you at night. When you're going to sleep, and those things that you distract yourself from, what is it that you're not facing? That might sound like that. <laughs> you might think, <laughs> that kind of sounded like the Jetsons, Rosie the Robot. <laughs> you guys remember her? You might let those sighs out. A snort is better than an amen, by the way. <clears throat> you know what I'm talking about, though. See, we can play church. We can play religion. We can know our Bibles backward and forward. But if we're covering stuff up in our heart that we're not dealing with, you're not, you're not really coming away with Him and taking a rest. You're not really letting Him do that deep transformative work within you. Now, there's no condemnation for that. But if you want to see change in your life... Those are the times to do it. It starts with that stuff. Because what we do is we, 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 for, we cover up all those things, all of that stuff that we don't want to deal with, that we pretend like that God doesn't see, that we don't want to deal with. And then we go over here and we pray, and then our heart can't receive from Him, and then we blame God for not showing up and answering our prayers. When in reality, you're not taking the time to let that light in and deal with those areas. Now see, we don't let it in for the same reason that the unbeliever stands condemned is because we're afraid of what might happen when we come into the light. We're afraid that the darkness within us is going to necessitate judgment and retribution back from God. He's not. He's not interested when you become vulnerable and transparent with Him in judging you. He already judged Jesus on your behalf. That's why we spend so much time focusing on identity here is so that when it comes time for you to deal with your life, you can feel safe because you're in Him and you could admit those things and deal with those things and let Him transform and work within you. It's as a seed planted within you that does its work. Amen? Well, end on the thought that you can trust Him with your heart. Do you realize that you can trust Him with your heart? Do you want to trust Him? You know, do you want to see change? Because a lot of times what Christians do is like we get our sin down to a level that we can live with. It's like, I'm good with this. I don't feel quite guilty. I'm a little bit guilty, not guilty enough for God to send me to hell. So I think I'm good with this amount of sin in my life. You laugh. 
No, no, no. I'm telling you, you laugh because it's true, right? And, and we think we've got it managed and wrangled down because after all, I'm not doing that. I'm doing this, but I'm not doing that. Did you see what they did? They're probably going to hell. I'm not going to hell. This is just my little sin over here. But, you, but we do it. And, and this is really not even a message about sin. It's a message about the deep work that God can do within your heart. It's a message about the anxiety and the fear and the distraction that's in your life that you can be free from. It's an invitation into coming away with Him and letting Him put your heart and your mind and your soul at such a state of rest that you're not looking to externals to salve your conscience any longer. You're not looking to externals to be able to sleep or even rest. You're not looking for trying to keep some law to feel righteous about yourself. You've deconstructed all of that stuff and you can just lay bare before your father, fully exposed in the light because you trust that he in mercy, in kindness, in patience with you, with nothing but love for you, will speak with you right where you are in the midst of that darkness and shed his light within you so that you can be free, so that you rest from that fear and that worry and that anxiety and that struggle about how to understand everything and whatever it is that keeps you from being at peace. He wants to deliver you from that because ultimately he created a perfect place for humans to enjoy relationship with him and each other. And anything apart from that is just a bunch of stuff that we've made up. But life with Him is truly peace, joy, experiencing right standing with Him. Amen? Just see yourself making that decision. In those moments where I introduce distraction, God, show me where I do that. Help me admit the truth. And I'm going to take those moments to let whatever is within me rise up. I'm going to let whatever that I've put in there to distract me from feeling the fear, from feeling the anxiety. I'm going to remove that and I'm just going to admit what's in there. If that means I admit behaviors, then I do that. If that means I need to clean up some stuff with my boss or my spouse or with my family, whatever that means, I'm going to go there. I'm going to get it all out. I'm going to give up my excuses. I'm going to give up my justifications. I'm going to give up why I think I'm right. And I'm just going to lay my heart bare before the Lord and I will respond as he loves me. I will let his fruit bear and I will move with him. I will flow with his unforced rhythms of grace. And if anything starts to rise up that makes me feel condemned, I might feel bad as I admit some things, but I recognize I am not condemned. I am one with the Father because I believe that what Jesus did was for me and he did it as me. Now, just one last time, just make that decision. God, I don't, I, it's a little scary to me. I, maybe I don't understand. I, I'm a little bit confused. Or, I ain't doing that. Father, I thank you for the grace for everybody sitting in this room, everybody watching online to engage in this process, to just be transparent with God because we do not stand condemned. His darkness, the light that he has is not a threat to me. It's an invitation out of darkness. I want to walk out of this darkness that I don't even know that I'm letting reign within me 
and only allow his light to be exposed within me because I can trust him. Just tell him I trust you, Father. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We trust you. We magnify your name. Deep within inside of us, we acknowledge you as our Lord, our God, our judge. And you have judged Christ on my behalf. I trust you, Lord. I'm willing to lay aside my will, my agenda. I'm willing to stop hiding from what's within me. I'm willing to stop hiding the truth and be transparent before you. I trust you, Lord. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this message. And thank you to those of you who support Forward Ministries financially. You truly are changing the way the world sees God. You're helping people detox from performance-based religion and experience God's love for them. We're committed to helping you renew your mind so you'll experience transformation and move forward in every area of your life. I pray you're making this heart journey. Visit my website at clintbyers.com for hundreds of free teachings and articles that will empower you to renew your mind and put on your eternal identity in Christ. I'm especially excited about my tools for transformation that have original music and modern technology designed to help you slow down and connect with the Spirit of God in your heart. I'd like to invite you to partner with Forward Ministries. Help us continue to spread the gospel and develop resources that are empowering people to grow in their identity in Christ. Thank you again for joining me. I pray God's blessings and promises over you and your family today.